What's going on, people? I am Swaver, and this is the Opinion and Facts Media Group Podcast. The only podcast you'll ever need to listen to as it pertains to relationships because we talk to real people in real relationships, and we try to offer real solutions. Of course, you guys know who I am, but I'm joined by my team, Illuminated Lenses, Coco Love, and Journey to Be Great. How y'all doing today? Good. Pretty, pretty good. Good. But hey, we got a special guest today. She's going to be sharing some things with us about an experience that she had with domestic violence, and her name is Nisi. How are you doing today, Nisi? I'm good. Thank y'all. Hey, I'm, it's so good to have you on here because I know so many women go through some of the same things that you're about to talk about today, and mm-hmm. I hope that this can be a way for them to kind of see how someone else has gone through what they're going through or going into or have been through and how you are able to illustrate how you've gone through it yourself and give them some sort of light or way out. Can you kind of summarize a little bit about what you want um, women to know today with your story? Yes, I can. Um, first off, I want um, women to know any signs there um, are red flags, especially jealousy, insecurity. Um, that's never going to lead um, trust issues with that male because um, I experienced all of that in the beginning. And I used to think, like, maybe he'll change. Maybe he'll get better. Um, even I think we was probably at three months and things started to get worse over time. So that's why I'm saying jealousy, trust issues, insecurity, like that's red flags. It shouldn't be that because we're grown people and we should be able to be who we are. Anytime a person comes into your life trying to change you. And this is what I had to go through. And it ended up really bad for me on October 4th this year. I mean, you know, I haven't even went to court. Um about the situation but we we met on facebook dating out um and um you know everything in the beginning was cool um he was you know straight to the point he was 53 years old hold on, um, hold on, hold on. Okay. i want to stop right there because i want to kind of capture some of these moments so okay may i ask how old you are i'm 41 okay okay so i guess at this point in your life what made you want to be in a relationship at the time like what what was motivating you to even even get with somebody um, cause I had been single a while. Um, my last relationship, he was younger. Um, actually okay. my ex-husband was younger, um, mm-hmm. like by six years. So I decided to kind of go older because I was thinking older guys is more mature, but that ain't mm-hmm. the case. No, <laughs> that ain't the case at all. You know, some of them still just as immature as the young ones, you know? Okay. 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 So when you, when you met him, uh, what drew you to him? I guess like, we know he now was, that you want someone older, but what was what was it about him? That you, he was he was real consistent. Like um, I had been um, like a lot of people that I had met on the dating app. It was, you know, things like we were talking to daytime. And when it got to be late night, you know, I do like little stuff just just to see something. So I would call these other guys, you know, just on the phone and be like, well, it's nine ten, they don't answer. And. It was because a lot of those had wives, girlfriend, whatever they had going on, right? So, but this one, the one that I chose, he was just consistent from day one. I mean, if I called him late and, you know, he always answered, he was there. Um, stuff he told me, you know, after I looked into it further, it, it checked out to be the truth. Um, it, it was like almost too good to be true. But I mean, now that I've went through what I've went through, I, I kind of see that's just how he lured women in, meaning even on, um, I know 
we started talking about like before we um decided to have intercourse we talked about both going to get tested he was like i already got my test and he sent me this you know screenshot of his test results it was like three months before him and i and you know it was just a lot of stuff that he was just throwing out there like too soon you know even meeting his family you know that was just like right off the bat you know what i mean and i was like man he different from the west I honestly thought like it was a good thing because I ain't never had a dude like be like that. You know what I mean? Most of them, you know, it take time, but he was like, like an open book straight up. And I ain't saying, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying everybody, you know, is going to be like that because some people is an open book and they just going to stay how they are. You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm never will say everybody is like him, but it's, it, it is something to watch. So, so basically, uh, not to cut you off. So basically he was just, from 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 the start, he was you know honest about what he wanted and everything like that. Mm-hmm. That's that's what more so attracted you to him. Yes, definitely. Yes. So when was the first time that you not maybe anything physical, but you noticed that because I know you mentioned it's insecurity and stuff. So when was the first time you noticed that it was it was something kind of something it, like everything wasn't all great. One time when I had um. Like, I had a male friend who was just a friend called to, like, be like, what's up? He got really mad about it, and he was like, you know, just went off. And I'm like, this dude have no clue that I'm dating somebody, I said, because we're new. I think it was like, we was maybe, like, at a month and a half. And that was just really verbal. Um, It was just a verbal altercation between him and I. And, you know, he finally just let that go. Um, and then I think at three months is when the first time he, he put his hands around my neck and choked me the first time. And it was a quick choke. It was like, I had another guy call me, another friend just checking on me. That's the thing. You know, I'm just cool like that. And these guys ain't nobody who I was dating. They, the guys who maybe I work with, they just want to check on me. Hey girl, what's up? How you doing? And he just didn't want that. I mean, he see isolated me even from the females I, I dealt with. You know, um, you know, I'm I'm actually in a football club and he didn't want me going to any functions because men was around. So I guess to, to answer your question, um, like at a month, you know, is when maybe month month and a half is when the 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 verbal stuff started. Oh, right? I I just have a question. So so you said you guys were like a month in as far as like get dating and everything. I'm just curious. Like I mean, I understand you said he was upset, but like what was his reasoning? Did he just say I don't want you talking to anyone else, or did he feel like threatened? I guess by these other men. Like I guess I'm just curious as to like what he said. It was just basically don't talk. You know, he found it disrespectful that. I had male friends and the problem that I seen with him, he have three female best friends. Like I I can't tell you I have a male best friends. I have male associates and some I might can say maybe two of them. I can say like a friend, meaning, you know, if I was in the area or, and I broke down, I can call and be like, what's up? Whether they got a wife, girlfriend, whatever. 
they'll come help with her. You know what I mean? It ain't like that with us. But he he didn't care about like I couldn't do nothing, but he could do everything. Mm. So and these these three female friends that he is is like super cool with him. Like you know, and that was always like I'm like you want me to cut off my stuff, but you ain't willing to do. So that was another issue. Anytime a person is in a relationship and they're not willing to compromise, you know, it, I, I said let it go, just let it go, because it's not gonna work when it's one side like that and that's how it was the entire time and it just got worse okay okay i want to touch on that a little bit too so what made you know i know you, you you're giving the advice to tell other people to, to let it go but what made you keep going what were you feeling at that time to make you keep going i, I just i just i was hoping he changed i was hoping he changed i i mean you know i found myself praying um and i'm like god you know, help me to just, you know, and I end up loving him. That was really the hardest part because um, I end up loving him and I stayed there. And then I was really sad a lot of times um, because of certain ways he moved, you, you know, his actions. And I never, you know, like I say, spoke out to my family because I didn't want them in my business like that. So I just kept it inside, but I just stayed there really because because of the love that I had. And I, I wasn't you know, I mean, my, my heart wouldn't let me go. My mind was telling me to leave like early on. And a couple of times through the, the whole year, I did break up with him like four times. And he would call me back and blow up my phone and send all these texts. I love you so much. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, every time I would just fall weak and go back into that. So what happened like between, I guess, what you just told us is on the month, you start to see these things and I'm sure other things went on in between. But what was the, the I guess, one action that he took that that really, I guess, uh, made you rethink what you were doing? Was it a physical act? Was it something that he said? But, you know, everybody has that one thing. It's like like you, you know how it is like, hey, I never thought that he would do this. Did you have a moment like that? And if so, what was it? Yeah, um, that moment when um, he had a call from one of his friends, he called and she said something to the fact, um, and I, I heard the conversation, they was talking, and she was actually telling him something about her boyfriend or whatever, one of his best friends. And when he said, hey, I got my baby on the other line, I got to, oh, no, I got to call my baby back is what he said. She was like, she was like, I'm talking to you now. She can wait. So I waited. I didn't, I didn't come because I was on three way. She didn't know. And I waited and I asked him later, you know, when they was off the phone, I'm like, what is that? That was a red flag to me right there because it made me feel like this friend is more important than me. Mm. And, um, then it was, um, I know one time he was late getting to my house, which, he stayed like 30 minutes and it took him an hour and a half and I called him. He never answered. And I called him again, you know, no answer. And then finally, when he finally got to my house, he was like, Oh, my phone. I, I was, I seen my uncle at the gas station and I was, so it was them little things like that that started to break the trust. And I knew he was on some, some BS. So, but so do you, so do you feel like, or do you know, like, was he, was he being, um, was he cheating as well? Or listen, I, I, I will say my intuition. Yes, he was. Cause I know seven times out of that year is when I really, um, you know, felt something. And then on one occasion, I actually one night end up going to his apartment. And yes, I walked in, in the, 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 the room mm -hmm. and it's a female. He was, um, laying there asleep. And he seemed like he was in a deep sleep. She got up, you know, I just felt something. I went over there. Um, his cousin actually had let me in and 
So I I can I can't I will say yes, he was he cheated. He cheated. But even after that incident, that was early on, like maybe we was at three months. I forgave him. I'm like, okay, you know, I say, you know, people make mistakes, you know, just don't let it happen again. The regular me, I've always told myself after what I've been through in my past relationships, things like that, I'm done, you know. So I found myself like forgiving this guy, you know what I mean? And staying into that. And I, you know, and I was like, wow, what are you doing? And over time, I mean, he, he seemed like he, you know, was, was doing a lot better. I mean, the female did finally go the hell away because she and me and her ended up with some, some words and stuff like that. So yeah, I can say he, that was another issue. Yes, he was cheating, um, as well. How did, how did you and her have some words? Like what happened for you guys to, um, because the day when I called in the bed, you know, I took a bunch of pictures of her, um, her and him. And I said, I told him after he woke up, I said, this is what we're doing now. And, you know, she just looked like a deer in headlights. I mean, she woke <laughs> up and her eyes was big. And that's the thing <laughs> to this day. He claimed, well, he claimed he didn't sleep with her. It's either if they didn't sleep together, they was going to sleep together when he woke up. Cause he, he's one of those people that take melatonin to sleep. I've never had melatonin. I don't know how it do, but I heard it put you in a deep sleep. Cause even when I was there, when, like I say, when he woke up, she was like very alert when I bust in the room. And I mean, when I, and it like first going in that door that night, I mean, I seen this, this body just raised. I'm, I'm like, what the hell? But I felt all that. Like that was something I, that night I did go with my feelings to see. So that me and her, he ended up having a um, conversation outside and, you know, outside of his apartment. And she told me that she had been knowing him for a week. And, um, she just was showing me some texts in her phone where they was texting. He ended up later screenshotting me their conversation, which it was the same thing that she told me, you know, but he again made it, you know, just played it like he was so innocent. And regardless, if they didn't do anything in my head, they did, you know, because of that yeah. situation. That's crazy. Okay. So just to make sure I'm following, I just want to make sure. So he didn't, did not wake up while you were there. He woke up. He, after did, the he, he, he did, but he, he had a hard time. Like, okay. I got he, he woke up, but he was, and then they was under separate covers. Like he mm-hmm. was under one cover and then she was under another one, but they was both butt naked. Like seriously. The oh. picture, yeah. The oh. picture still in my phone as we speak. Yeah. You know, I just had to leave. Okay. So this. <laughs> This wasn't a nap. <laughs> no, we no, didn't no, just no. fall asleep. Okay. No, yeah. no. No, no, no. Wow. That's interesting that he gave you such a hard time in the beginning, like a month in or whatever, because of your friends. But then here you, you're saying like y'all were three months in or so, and then he's doing something like that. That's really mm-hmm. interesting to me. Yeah, he was doing a lot of stuff. And like I say, I, I end up pulling up at the end, like this guy is really narcissistic. Like I, that's the thing. I ain't never dealt with that type of guy like that. Like he, that type of guy who would do something and you questioning yourself, like, am I crazy? Do I need to put admit myself <laughs> in the house? And I was like, I knew I wasn't. And then that's why I end up, and I end up putting myself in counseling while we was together. Like I did that because I knew I was getting ready to exit. You know what I'm saying? So I wanted to be as strong as I needed to be so I could leave. You know what I'm saying? Because my, my previous marriage and, you know, my, my relationship with 12 years with my first three kids that, um, 
I, I never, I never seek counseling for that. And so this is like my third, my, my third serious relationship with this person. Like, you know, and I'm like, wow. So I, I started preparing myself for the exit and it, and it helped. It helped. It really did. I'm, I'm still in counseling as we speak. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. So I know you mentioned, um, like the first time there was a sign of abuse, it was a, well, you, you labeled it as like a quick choke. So in your mind to process it, did you just kind of say, well, it was, it was something happened quick and just kind of dismissed it? No, I'm not going to say I dismissed it. I mean, I, you know, I cried about it and I told him and I raised up at him. You know what I'm saying? I did. I raised back at him because I'm not one of them women who going to take stuff like that. So, but he was like, you know, I'm sorry. I felt really bad. I, you know, I ain't never put my hand on a woman, all that old stupid stuff, which was lies, you know, but no, I'm, I won't say I dismissed it. I just, I'm just going to say I overlooked it. And again, I was hoping that he would change. What, if you could share that with us, what made him do that? Uh, I got a call. We was, um, we was, um, in Myrtle Beach. Um, and we, it was my football club. We was out there celebrating, you know, um, you know, our, our team or whatever. And, one of my club members end up calling me, which is a female. Um, and she was like, Hey, y'all coming out this way. Cause we was like 40 minutes. Cause he, that's another thing. He paid for this resort that wasn't around nobody. We was, that's what I'm saying. He always isolated me. I mean, so we was like 40 minutes away from where they was and she called me or whatever. So, um, long story short, um, we went out there and stuff and. You know, we had a good time. And as when we got back to that resort is when he um, got mad because he said this one club member of mine, you know, they had kind of had a couple of words. It, it was somebody that used to like me. I ain't going to lie. And I told him about it up front because I didn't want any, you know, any problems or whatever. What they end up talking that night. And apparently that club member said, something about I still like him or something crazy like that. So when we got back to the room is when all that escalated and, you know, he ended up choking me for the first time then. And as I ran, I did finally when I got up, I actually ran up out of that, that, you know, it was like an apartment and I tried to hit the door and I ended up in a, I ended up in the hospital because I hit the door trying to open this screen door and I tripped so I was on crutches for like three weeks after that. You know, I, I had fractured my um ankle because when I landed, you know, yeah, I, I, I didn't even make it through the door. He didn't care. And I guess somebody else called the police. The police did. Um, they came and I told them um, everything was OK. Um, they asked me, did I need medical attention or whatever? At that time, I told them no. Um, I never mentioned he put his hands on me um, because I knew they would take his ass to jail. Excuse my French. Um, I knew they would take him to jail, so I never told on him. Um, and I went to the hospital, and we was there probably about five hours. They gave me the crutches, gave me some medicine, and they they did the X-ray. It wasn't broken, so I was like, okay, cool. You know, it'll heal, and it did. Um, but that was the first time, and I just I just kept that in. Oh, okay. So, I, got, I got to put this out, not to cut you off. 
But uh-huh. for women out there that are listening to this currently, this is a good point to be made. So, Nisi, I want to ask you this question here. Did it benefit uh-huh. you not to tell on him? No, it no, it didn't. Because when, when, when the end thing happened, I, I wish now well, what I experienced at the end, very end, I wish I had a toll on him. So, no, it wasn't a benefit because I could have saved myself a lot of a lot of headache. And, you know? and I, I'm sorry. I wanted, to, I wanted to make sure I touched on that because I know so many women, they are under this understanding, oh, I'm supposed to hold him down and and take whatever it is because this is my man. And you hear that a lot, especially in yeah. today's culture. So I just wanted to make sure I touched on that really quickly. But you can go back to what you were saying. I'm sorry. You good. Um, yeah, so, no, I, w- I would tell anybody else. I mean, now, because, I mean, I still like, even sitting here talking about it now, you know, reflecting back on it, it makes me sad because I know I deserve better, you know. And I, so I would say to any woman um, that's going through this, you know, leave, you know, don't give nobody no second chance. I, I don't care, even verbal. I mean, it was times, like I say, he accused me, um, he called me a bitch you know, a couple of times, you know, and I just, I just, you know, stuff like that. You shouldn't talk to somebody who you love like that, you know, and I guess because I'm, I'm one of those women that have, you know, tougher skin than some women see, you know, cause I will fight. I will. I just didn't get too rowdy with him because it would have been a real bad situation for me. So especially if I'm out of town, you feel what I'm saying? Like I ain't around nobody. I don't know nobody. So I just had to play my little position then. But, um, you know, so no, I, I just, you know, I would tell anybody now to, you know, to save their self. Cause women, I used to see this on TV and I'm like, wow, you know, she ended up dead. I'm like, oh, so sad, you know, and I finally went through my first episode of some man. They tried to kill me. And I um I just want to say I know this is tough and it's still kind of fresh because I know you say it was just something back um stuff going on last month. But could you kind of describe like the last incident that you had with him that kind of got into the point where it's now court cases and things like that going on? Okay, this last incident happened October fourth this year. Um I was um we had started we had started um couples counseling because he recommended it. So we went to one session of that. So I'm like, okay, he trying to do better. Um we had the one session. It was a Monday. Um he had started to move into my house with me because he was giving up his place um so that we can both like you know save money or whatever and I was gonna allow it because normally I'm that person that says no you gotta marry me before we shack but due to you know um him and and it was like finances um he he got his own trucking company so that was another thing i think that helped me and i tell anybody don't let money ever keep you in a bad situation i make my own money yes i've always been a hustler myself but it was a lot of um extra money i saved while i was with him and i think that's the biggest reason why i put up with so much bs from him so it was a monday it was like i said october 4th i think to be exact 
Um, and um, that Sunday, he had used my truck to, um, my pickup truck, um, to go haul something for his brother. And I drove my truck that Monday morning to work. I called him because I found this little packet that was on my seat. I didn't know what it was, um, like an Amazon little baggy thing. And um, it was inside it, it said sex enhancement pills. So I called him and I said, hey, I said, what do you got these for? I said, you never use these on me. And um, he said, oh, that's a promotion. He said, they send me those things time to time. Okay. I'm I'm like, okay, you know, I ain't tripping, but it was something that didn't set right. So I, you know, I, I drive trucks as well. So I went ahead and hauled my load where I had to go. And when I got back to park my truck, I said, man, something just ain't feeling right in my spirit. So I went back to my pickup truck and I, I opened this baggie and in there was this invoice, which had his name. Um, it was hit to sent to his mother's address and it was the last four digits, of his credit card number. So I called him again, and that was maybe at 1 o'clock that evening. And I said, hey, I said, you told me this is a promotion, but it's showing you paid nine ninety five for shipping and handling. He tell me, I don't know what you're talking about. Hey, let me call you back. I got a driver calling. Okay, at this point, I'm getting real irritated. You know, I'm, I'm getting pissed off because I know he's lying. So I'm like, okay, cool. So he called back maybe 30 minutes later. He had his brother on the phone and his brother was like, Hey bro, I'm just letting you know. Um, yeah, I sent those pills to mama address and I forgot to let you know that I put your name on. And I said, Hey, I, you know, and that's why I was on the phone. Cause I said, he called me and he called his brother. And I said, you know what? Both of y'all are some liars. And I hung up and I never did talk to him no more that day. So I get off at five o'clock for my first job. So that afternoon, I end up calling him, no answer. I called him again, no answer. Um, the third time, it went straight to voicemail. He turned his phone off. The fourth time, voicemail again, the phone off. So I ain't called him no more. I said, okay. So I came on home and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just thinking, you know, it's Monday night. I'm like, you know what? I ain't about to let this stuff um, um, get to me. I said, I'm about to can his butt. And I'm about to go watch Monday Night Football at some bar. So I never made it to the bar. You know, I got dressed or whatever. Remind you, he was moving in. He had bought his bags. I think he had like five bags of clothes over here. And he had, you know, he, he came about, I was getting ready to walk out the house. And it maybe been about 9.15. He walked through the door. And he had this real look, bad look on his face. Like, I mean, he didn't say nothing to me. He didn't speak. He barely looked at me. He walked right past me, walked upstairs and came in the bedroom. And he was like, you know, nothing, nothing that happened there. Cause I was still downstairs. So I was like, you know, I came, I went upstairs to get some, what well, came upstairs. I'm upstairs now, but came to my room upstairs to get another piece of clothing. Cause it was kind of cool this night. And um, that's when I walked through the door and I threw him those pills. I say, these are your pills. And I flicked them over, you know, to him. And, you know, he just laid there. He didn't say nothing. And anyway, after that, he said, uh, what are you doing? I said, I'm about to leave. He said, you ain't going no fucking where. What you're going to do is get in this bed and you're going to lay your ass down. 
you know, and um, and I said, you don't tell me what to do. I said, I'm a grown, you know, grown ass woman was my exact words. And I noticed he jumped up really quick. He started putting his shirt on, started putting on his pants. And as I was um standing on the other side of the bed, I got a king size bed. So he came all the way around and that's when he grabbed me by my hair. And he said, I told your fucking ass you ain't going nowhere. And at this moment, I said, I said, get your hand off me, get your hand off me. And he continued with that. And then that's when he pushed me down on the bed. Like he pushed me down and he still had my hair. And that's when he just put his hand around my throat the first time. He he did it really quick. I got up. I still proceeded to go in my closet. Um, When I got in my closet is when all the bad stuff took place. He, I was in the corner and I was going through my hangers and he walked in and he grabbed me with both hands around my throat. And that's when he started to choke me. And I don't remember exactly everything he said to me. All I remember is like, I was praying to God. I was like, God, let me out of this, you know? And I really couldn't scream. I had one daughter that was um in the house with me, my only daughter to stay with me. She's 13, but she couldn't hear me because of where my walk-in closet is. And then I got a loft and then it's her room on over. So she couldn't hear nothing because she had a fan on all the time, too. So anyway, he choked me till I fell. And when I fell, my head went back. And I got some boxes that got, like, some clothes when I moved in this house in February. I, I had you know, took them out the box because I can't fit them. they like a smaller size than what I am now. So I haven't took them out. So you can see what my head print still to this day is on this box, like, you know, the little round circle. And that was evidence for the police, but I'll get to all that. So... Um, I fell back, you know, after being choked and I'm trying to catch my breath. I can't really breathe. And that's when I just said, please leave me alone. And at that time, I thought I was pregnant by him because we, we, I didn't know for sure. And I said, you doing, doing all this to me and I'm, and I'm carrying your child. Then I laid, when I got off the boxes, you know, from that, I laid flat on the floor, like my back, my head, I was just flat. That's when he took his right foot and he stood on my neck and he said, bitch, I'll make you drink bleach and get that baby out of you. After that happened, you know, um, he reached down and he took his index finger and his middle finger and he squeezed my face so tight. He, he made both sides of my mouth bleed on the inside because my teeth, you know, from that squeeze, my teeth was, you know, my jaws was into my teeth with his fingers in my face like that. And I just, I just cried and I just prayed and I just prayed and I just prayed and I just prayed. I didn't do nothing because at this point in my head, I can't make a sudden move because this man is really going to kill me. So, and I knew it, you know, he was that mad. His voice wasn't even a normal voice. Um, It was like a demon. Um, speaking, you know, um, just thinking back on that voice. And then when I finally was able to get up, I got up. He was still saying a whole bunch of stuff. I remember him calling me a whore and I don't know what else. I can't even, it was like, awesome. I can't tell y'all what else, but I was able to get out of my room. And that's when I ran to my daughter's room and I said, call 911 now. She got on her iPhone and she called like three people on like the iPhone um, video thing, FaceTime is what it is. She called like three people on FaceTime and they called the police. So while they, so my 13 year old, while they was going toe to toe, now they're arguing and she like, you don't put your hand on my mama, da, 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 you know, and he's like, he wanted to hit her. Then he kept coming at me, but the only reason he didn't attack me again 
in the loft is because she was watching. So I hurry up while they was arguing. I hurry up, ran in my room where I keep my gun. I got my gun. I hurry up and put the cartridge down, loaded it. And I had on a coat that night, remind y'all I was about to go out. So I had on this long coat. I had put the gun in my coat pocket. So he didn't know the gun was on me. And I said, if this man touched me again, I'm about to blast him away. You know, so they are again, the police being called by the people that was on the um iPhone, um, on the video FaceTime. So at that point, he ended up calling his mom and he told his mom, he say, said, I'm done, mother. And um, she said, how long you going you going to deal with something like that? And he said, I'm done this time. And sure enough, he called this other guy um, who I know who is a friend to him. And um, this was like after him and my daughter kept going in and he knew the police was on the way. He told the guy, he said, if I go to jail, I want you to come back and I want you to kill her and everybody in this house. And, you know, I wasn't really worried about the person who we called, but that dude ain't going to be on that. My my, Even now, you know, I may be moving most likely in February because, you know, of what just happened. Um so after all that happened, he, he ended up, I end up, he ended up coming back in the room to start with me again. And that's when I upped the gun on him. And when I did that, he went from this demonic demon to baby, baby, what are you doing? Put the gun down. He had some cigarettes in his pocket and he was trying to take out, you know, I don't know, trying to get a cigarette. Like his hand was really shaking. He couldn't even, he couldn't eat the boxes opening everything, but he couldn't even get the cigarette out. He was so terrified because I had a gun on him and he kept, you know, and he said something else. And at this point I'm crying. I'm still crying. And I'm like, and I've got in, in, and he, after the baby, what are you doing? I went to pull the trigger and just kill him. And my safety was on my gun. And after the, after that, I was like, you know what? I started to back up. I still had the gun on him. I backed up out of my room door back into the loft. He got on the phone with 911. He called 911. He said, you know, my girlfriend, she got a gun on me. You know, she's trying to kill me. You know, he flipped it that quick. I could hear what was going on in the bathroom, but I didn't care. So after that, um, they on the way, you know, they got two separate calls going on now from him and the people that's on this FaceTime. So I seen him, I backed all the way up, like I said, while I was in the loft and I seen him walk out the room. He walked downstairs and he walked out the um, front door. I went to the front door and I locked the front door. Um, and when I looked, peeped out the window, I could see that he was removing his firearm because at that time, he was in one vehicle, but his other vehicle was already over my house because I told y'all he was moving with me. So he put his firearm in the other vehicle because this guy was already a convicted felon. So you shouldn't have a gun anyway. So he was doing that to save his butt. He called himself leaving. Um, they had already arrested him by the time the actual officers got to speak to me. He was already in handcuffs. Um, and so when they got in, um, they asked me if I wanted to go to the hospital. I told him no. I said, I'm fine. I said, it's embarrassing. I said, you know, the neighborhood I live in, you know, it's one of them upper class neighborhoods. And I didn't want my neighbors looking at that. You know, I ain't want to look like that. So I turned it down. And um, the, the paramedic, she kept saying, you sure you don't want to go to the hospital? And I said, no, ma'am. Now I know why, because I end up going, but she was wanting me to go because they wouldn't have been able to hit him with a felony. So what happened was, 
when he got arrested, he got arrested for assault on a female and false imprisonment, which is a misdemeanor. He got he got that because of the incident, you know, in in that happened in the closet. So I was in the hospital, which is the fifth. I was in the hospital all day long. They had a special unit come in and they had all these little neat machines. And I mean, they looking at my eyeballs. I got blood clots that's going through my eyes. I didn't even know if somebody choked you long enough. You know, the lady was like, you know, your eyes will pop out, ma'am. I never knew that. So, cause I ain't never had nobody choke me and I don't know too many people that be getting choked. You know, so, but, you know, I could see the lines of red, like veins of blood clots, like running through my eyes on both sides. They took pictures of that. Um, They took pictures of my neck. You could see where his handprint was around my neck. Um, I had a puncture wound on my thigh. Um, I had bruises all over me and that was all the stuff that happened. I don't know. It might've been a pen. The police scene, it was a pen on the floor. That might've been a little thing that punched in my leg. I don't know. Cause I, it, it was all so crazy. So anyway, after I got done with that, he had bonded out of jail on the misdemeanors and October 6th, he was rearrested for a, a felony strangulation. So, and I was happy about that because, and that's what we eventually got to go to court about, um, all of them actually, but that's going to be the thing that's going to get him to where he won't do that again to nobody else. And like I tell anybody, I don't wish nothing bad on this man except whatever God got for him. I just don't want him to never do that to another woman because what I went through, I wouldn't do that to my worst enemy or animal, anything. It was terrible. And that's my story. I'm so sorry that you went through that. Like hearing that, I mean, it make, as a woman, just in any way, it just makes me so angry mm-hmm. um, that he would do that. Not only with your daughter in the house, like he's trying to, he's getting into it with a 13 year old, like, and it could have mm-hmm. been so much worse. So I just thank God that you all are okay. And that you're here to tell this story and, you know, move on from it. And like you said, I hope he gets what whatever he deserves so that he does not do this again to anyone else. And going forward, um, I take it you're still doing counseling. Yeah, I'm still in counseling. Um, I also have a psychiatrist. Um, they want to medicate me. I mean, I do have the Zoloft here. I'm not taking it because I drive. I've been doing a lot better. Um, I've been praying. And that's what I'm saying. That changes a lot. And also, I understand, you know, my mental and where I'm at in my life. I didn't do anything to this man. He's just a sick man. And that's all I can say. And I think between all that, that's why I was able to just move on. Like, I, I my faith is still a little low some days because I come home. It's like, you know, I don't want to leave my house. I only been here since February. And it's like, I didn't, I didn't, you know, this is my house. And I'm giving up my house because it's um idiot, you know. And then other days it's like, you know, just go ahead and move. You know, you never know what this guy going to do, you know. So I'm, I've just... It, it's a lot of emotional stuff some days for me, but it's been actually getting better because I've been just, like I say, praying a lot. And I know God don't want me living in fear. I do carry my gun everywhere I go. Um, I always, you know, I'm always looking behind me, even when I'm driving, um, I'm watching everything. I'm telling you, like, I mean, it was, you know, my, my second job one night, I seen this car behind me and you know, it looked like his black car with the rims on it. And I ended up pulling out my gun really quick and come to find out it was just some other driver that was going to the other side of the lot to get in a truck. So, but that's how much I'm paying attention now. So 
But yeah, I'm still in counseling and I'm going to continue that. Um, I'm going to continue meeting with the psychiatrist because one thing I want is to have some closure. I've never been in a situation where it was so much trauma and it's still hard. I mean, it's hard telling y'all about it. It's going to be hard when I go to court, but I know God got me. That's all I can say. Like God got me. So So I tell any woman, you know, some people ain't going to make it out as easy. You know, when I found out strangulation, anytime a male do that to a woman, most that nine times out of 10 women die. So I was just one of those lucky women that's still here to tell my story. So I don't care any red flags like that with a man, whatever woman leaves, because there's so many women that die. And I never thought I would be that victim like that. And I, I, I that's what I'm saying. Leave. Don't sit there and think he going to change. And I know sometimes we are hard head. We don't want to listen. We want to keep in something, but it might not be as easy for the next woman like it was for me to just still be here so leave you know any you know before it gets bad because it starts off you know with verbal and little stuff and that's what happened with me it escalated escalated it wasn't all that stuff in the beginning so i'm saying those major red flags like that man leave run i do want to say uh to add to what coco said i'm so happy that you were able to come to terms with what it really is and get yourself in a position to leave. Mm-hmm. I, I want to say that I'm also proud of you too, for not, you know, just accepting that and then realizing that I can have better. I can do better. And I don't, I don't have to stay in this. That takes some real willpower to do that. Mm-hmm. And also to come on here and talk about your story with us. I'm so thankful. And I know the women that are listening to this podcast can get something from this. I mean, just thank you so much for sharing and just giving us the transparent. This is the truth. If I can save somebody from going through what I went through, I definitely would love to because it's still something I'm dealing with. And I still have my days, you know, where I may be driving and I cry, you know, but after a while, like I said, I pray, I listen to music. I'll find something to occupy my mind so that it won't take me back to that day because I'm still getting over this, you know, and I don't know how long it's going to take. And I asked a young lady um, last week, she she went through something for years uh, with a husband and she stayed there. And I asked, I said, I need some help. How did you learn to manage that? She said, you can't manage it. She said, I just do my daily stuff because even her new husband now, she told me, you know, in the beginning with them, she was very messed up where she used to want to like try to attack him because, you know, it was stuff he was saying and it reminded her of, and see, that's why I'm in counseling because I don't want to, I don't want, whenever I do get another relationship, I don't want to let what happened to me affect the next man when he might be totally different. You know what I'm saying? But because, because she was saying it was just little stuff and like, if her husband walked up too fast to her, she freaks out because of the ex-husband, you know, she just, you know, you build up that, so, I don't know, so I, you know, and that's what she told me, she said, you never get over it, that you never get, once you go through the trauma, and it, it was, it was a nightmare for me, it really was, but, you know, like I say, I don't, I don't dwell on it, I think that that's the thing that's helping me, you know, I don't sit and dwell on it, I don't consume that in my brain, you know, I just do me and be happy like I was before him. And I'm going to keep doing that. And to that, you know, what he did to me, I just say F him. You know, he going to get his. For sure. Uh, again, 
you know, we always try to um, tell everybody thank you for coming on and sharing their story because these are, to our audience, these are real people in real relationships, and they are taking the time to offer solutions to you. Now, again, we aren't therapists, but I do think that when you hear stuff like this, it could put you or give you some type of reference for what you should or could do if you're f- facing the same situation that Nisi has gone through. But again, I want to thank y'all so much for listening to us today and just giving us your time. If you're going through anything like this, don't forget, always go and seek real help. That's very important. And even like she said, sometimes you don't even realize that you need the help. But if you can't realize it, pay attention to some of the things that she said, because it may be, have become normal to you. So get the proper help. To save yourself from all the drama. I am Swaver, joined by Illuminated Lenses, Coco Love, Journey to Be Great, our special guest today, Nisi. This is the Opinionated Facts Media Group Podcast, the only podcast you ever need to listen to when it comes to relationships. Until next time, peace.